we're analyzing Roku stock ticker ROKU to see if it's a great business on sale. This analysis is going to be intense, but it's going to be worth it. We're using the select six analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating a fair value for Roku. Then we're giving a final rating to the business. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand Roku's stock performance. Right now, Roku trades for $73.50 per share. Year to date, their stock price is up 81%. They're crushing it in 2023. In the last five years, Roku's down 75% from their all-time highs in February of 2021. Still, their stock is compounding at 9.5% annually. Since Roku was publicly listed just under six years ago, their stock has compounded at 24% annually, even after coming down so dramatically from their all-time highs. Roku trades $24 below their 52-week high. The company's up more than $30 from their 52-week low. Almost 9% of their shares are sold short. There's a good amount of short interest in the business. Roku has over a $10 billion market cap. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to Roku? Roku is the leading streaming platform in the United States by hours watched with 87.4 billion hours of content streamed in 2022. The firm's operating system is used not only in Roku's own hardware, but in co-branded TVs and soundbars from manufacturers like TLC, On, and Hisense. Roku generates revenue from advertising, distribution fees, hardware sales, OS licensing, and subscription sales. Roku was incorporated in 2002 and it's headquartered in San Jose, California. Now with that understanding, let's get into the numbers. Starting with metric number one, we want Roku's average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average business earns around a 7% return on capital. Looking for a benchmark that's double this can build in margin of safety based on the quality of the business. Roku's posted positive returns on capital in just one of their last five years. This may have to do with how return on capital is calculated as Roku still has negative earnings. 2021 was an exception for the business, however. Potentially discouraging here is their most negative returns on capital were in their most recent fiscal year. This is something you'd want to dig into a little more to understand in depth. This is an X starting off on metric number one for Roku. Metric number two, we're looking for growth. We want to see revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth through the last five years and up until today. This metric's all or nothing. All three need to be up to be a check. In this time, Roku's revenues have more than quadrupled. Their net incomes have been negative in all of these years besides 2021. They got more negative in 2022. That may be unfairly penalizing Roku as a growing business, especially if they're reinvesting a lot of their capital. So it's worth noting Roku's gross profit has quadrupled over this time as well. Well, the companies also maintain gross margins above 40%. Roku posted positive free cash flows in two of these five years, both in 2020 and 2021. Those were negative in 2022 and they're negative today, meaning like their net incomes or their earnings, those are down. Because both of those are down for Roku, this is an X on metric number two. Keep in mind that Roku's pretty heavily focused on growth and reinvestment in the company. Metric number three, we're looking at Roku from the view of an individual shareholder. We want to see earnings per share growth in the last five years. Roku's earnings may not give the most accurate picture of this business, yet they're still negative today and they're far more negative than they have been in their past. Roku's also diluted shareholders by 32% over this time. This may be painting with a broader stroke than usual, but this is an X on metric number three as their earnings per share are down over this time. Metric number four, we're looking for free cash flow per share growth in the last five years. 
As we learned, Roku's posted positive free cash flows in two of these last five years. That wasn't the case in their most recent fiscal year. Because they have negative free cash flows today and their shares outstanding are up, this is an Exxon metric number four. Roku's free cash flows per share are down over this time. We're still looking for our first check of the day on Roku. Through four metrics, we have four Xs. Can they turn it around? During recessions, overly levered businesses are at the greatest risk of losses. We want Roku's net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the sum of their free cash flows in their last five fiscal years. In this time, Roku's had negative net debt in all five years, meaning they have cash left over after paying off their debt. They ended last year with $1.2 billion in cash. Right now, they have just under a billion dollars. When we add up all their free cash flows, Roku's generated $36 million worth of free cash flow. The company has a cash cushion and they've been cash flow positive. This is our first check of the day on metric number five. Worth noting is that Roku's currently consuming cash in their business. They have shown through a couple years of profitability that they can generate free cash flows. Some of this depends on the rate of reinvestment back into their business. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Roku's average five-year free cash flow divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It's the first of two different ways we're estimating a fair value for Roku. Right now, Roku has a $9.4 billion enterprise value. This accounts for both their market cap and their net debt position. In Roku's case, it's taking a billion dollars off of their market cap because of their cash left over. It looks at Roku similar to it being a private company. We learned in the last five years, Roku generated $36 million worth of free cash flow, meaning they generate around $7 million of free cash flow in an average year. Keep in mind that's an average and their free cash flows have been lumpy. They really haven't been that close to that average. In the years where they had positive free cash flows, they were more than $100 million. Still, when we divide their average free cash flows by their enterprise value, it gives us a very tiny average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, Roku consumed nearly half a billion dollars worth of cash in their business in their last 12 months, meaning Roku has a negative current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. These are both unfavorable compared to the yield of the 10-year treasury. They're well below the risk premium we want. For Roku, this is an Exxon metric number six. Don't just throw Roku out. We still need to estimate their fair value per share and give our final rating. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Roku, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to estimate their fair value per share. A DCF model is based on the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. Roku does not have that long of a track record being a public company. We're using the data we have available. We're starting with an average of Roku's free cash flows in their last three fiscal years, then using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for Roku. Assuming they grow their average three-year free cash flows at a rate of 14% annually for the next 10 years, then in the following decade, assuming this growth rate is cut in half and these grow at 7% annually, we're adding in Roku's tangible book value. It gives us an estimate of their net worth. If you want a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for from his investments, if today's valuation multiples are the same 20 years from now, an estimate of Roku's fair value per share is around $19. That's down a lot from the company's $73.5 share price. It's also about half the price of their 52-week lows. Keep in mind this is a rougher estimate than usual because Roku doesn't have that long track record like some other businesses. 
Most importantly, this analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll give our final rating to Roku, but we need to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative factors may be even more important for Roku's business. What are they? Well, let's find out. Looking at the factors supporting a long thesis, number one, Roku should be able to leverage its growing active account base to get better advertising rates. Number two, Roku's streaming service neutral stance should continue to attract both new streaming services and customers. Number three, Roku is well positioned to take advantage of the secular trend toward increased streaming content in the United States and abroad. But we'd be remiss if we didn't cover the negatives of the business as well. Looking at the factors supporting a short thesis, number one, Roku's competitors are much larger with considerably more resources if they focus heavily on the streaming platform market market, they could blow Roku away by competing on price and features. Number two, Roku is highly dependent on smart TV manufacturers that can easily swap out the Roku operating system for another competing platform. Number three, despite its tremendous subscriber growth, there may not be substantial leverage in the current business model. There have been some rumors that Roku could be an acquisition target. A few businesses have floated around in the rumor mill including Comcast, Netflix, and Amazon. There you have it for a balanced perspective of some of the qualitative factors in Roku's business. Now it's time to give our final rating. In analyzing Roku stock ticker ROKU, we learn their business, even though they're the dominant streaming content provider, is still aggressively seeking growth. They're off on most of our metrics, but they do have a cash cushion on their balance sheet. They've also generated positive free cash flows when we sum those up in the last five years. They've had a couple of years of generating a lot of free cash flow. It's worth reiterating this analysis is not financial advice. Roku's free cash flow to enterprise value yields don't look attractive compared to to the yield of the 10-year treasury. When we performed our discounted cash flow analysis, if today's valuation multiples are the same 20 years from now, based on these assumptions, if you want a 15% rate of return, an estimate of Roku's fair value per share is right around $19. Roku was last at those levels shortly after it went public in October of 2017. Looking at all the factors of our analysis, Roku looks like a weak candidate for further research. Don't let that discourage you if you're interested in the business. If you enjoyed today's video, be sure to like it, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, share your thoughts about Roku, and let me know what business to look at next in the comments below. Thanks for learning about Roku with me, and have a great day.